we get into this box of what music is, and when I moved outside the U.S., it was like it blasted open that box of what music was because it was completely different. You know, certainly there were elements, there was there were notes, there was tone, but stylistically, you know, the the tonally, it was very different. You know, and the way people put it together was different. And if you can embrace that and go, what are the components that I like? And what are the components mm-hmm. that I don't? And then maybe in that, there was a, a great example is there was a, I was living in LA and the mid 2010s or mid early 2010, like right around 2010, 2008 in there, the 2010, um, the taco truck revolution took over LA. And they weren't taco trucks though, because at the beginning it was, they were actually selling tacos and, phenomenal tacos but then people were like well people like these trucks let's see what about what other types of foods we can sell out of them Mm -hmm. and one of the things that was like the the um now what was it the 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 truck that really uh kicked up my interest and that was really popular around la was the kaibi truck Essentially, they took Korean barbecue mm. and put it into a taco and a burrito. And it was ridiculously delicious. And, it, 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 and so it, it tasted like you were eating Korean barbecue with the different seasonings, the different sauces, the different side dishes. There was like some, some kimchi in there. and then But then they also had the elements of what a burrito needed to have. You know, you had your rice in there. But instead of, you know, the beans, they had the Korean barbecue. And at first, you know, purists would be like, what the hell is this? How can you (laughs) slaughter that dish? But I mean, they were looking at, okay, what are the elements that are essential to a burrito? What are the elements that are essential to Korean barbecue? You know, what can you not leave out? You know, there are certain things that cannot be left out. And how do you how do you how do you merge those? And people loved it because they were like, you know, whoa, I love I love burritos and I love Korean barbecue. And people were it, and that that place was never, never uh, without a long line. Oh, and yeah. so, but it took it took you know one or two people sitting there and kind of going, I'm going to try something different, and and analyzing different styles for their most important elements and then trying to bring it together. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it, it that, that's exactly how I really started getting into this electronic music because, you know, as a, at one point self-professed jazz purist, you know, everything that I listened to was purely acoustic and it took me a long time to open my mind uh, and my ears to appreciating these other influences. But, you know, I started getting into the, uh, synthesis side of things. And yeah, there's a, I was wondering where you're going to get here. This is, this is a perfect segue. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I got into it sort of by accident. Um, initially there's a saxophonist named Michael Brecker who, who played an electronic wind instrument. And I was obsessed with Brecker because he's just one of the greatest of all time. And pretty much if you've listened to any kind of popular music in the, in, in, this hemisphere in the past 40 years, you've probably heard Brecker, whether you know it or not, he's, you know, amazingly recorded, but uh, a real virtuoso on everything he did. 
but I I saw him playing the the electronic wind instrument and it just blew my mind because it's very electronic. I mean, he wasn't making any attempt to try to make it sound like an acoustic instrument at all. Uh, and it just blew my mind because suddenly oh, he's got like eight octaves uh, of of range available to him where, you know, even a really brilliant saxophonist is probably only going to be able to get maybe four out of a saxophone. Like Lenny Pickett, the Tonight Show guy, you know, he can get about four octaves out of it and it's a lot. But with the the electronic wind instrument, eight octaves, that's that's more than a piano, you know. Yeah. And then also just the the kinds of tonal variety that you could get uh, uh, or timbral variety that you could get out of it. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of hit me and, and really intrigued me. And I, I've made my inroad into this by just playing that straight ahead jazz stuff, but on this instrument, because those were, I was so interested in that and had, that's where all of my experience was. And, and I, so I just started playing like literally just jazz swing, you know, blues tunes, things like that, you know, tunes written in the fifties, but played on this instrument. Um, and I've just fallen in love with it. There's an expressive capability in it that I would never have thought possible from such a synthetic instrument. Uh, and it, I mean, it's, it doesn't feel like a stand in or an artificial anything. It's just such an amazing expressive sound that I'm, I've stayed in love with it. Um, and it's really enriched my playing and I still play saxophone mostly, but, uh, I mean, I feel like my playing on the, the electronic instrument has actually influenced my saxophone playing for the better. You know, it's opened up my ears to new, uh, ways of playing just because of that. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's one of the things too, is like sometimes when we are forced to step out of our box, Mm -hmm. it takes us to a place that, um, it might feel uncomfortable for a time, mm-hmm. but once you get past the discomfort, you can find true joy in being able to embrace that, that step and that, that place. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's really awesome to hear that, that about your journey. And I'm, I'm, I'm a huge eighties uh, synth fan. And so <laughs> grew up in the eighties, man. That, that's what, that's what you heard. You know, like I mm-hmm. think back, so many great movies had such you know, awesome synthesizer soundtracks, oh, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, Blade Runner, of course, but right. like there were others too. That was just, it was all over. It just, it, it was in all, all aspects of eighties. Mm-hmm. What was it? Uh, another one was a Robocop had a yes. ton of, mm-hmm. had a ton in there. And um, yeah, man, it was just good, but it was powerful because one of the things that I thought was really interesting in the eighties sounds um people were diving into this new area and they were like, what's possible? Mm-hmm. What is possible? And, and, and it was a time period in music where people were like, let's deep, deep dive, man. How, 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 how funky can we get this? And yeah, there was right. some really, really wild stuff that was coming out, but it, it was beautiful because I think it was so new at the time that there were not the rules yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think well, that there was that. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I think you're exactly right. It, the access to synthesized sounds, it, it was originally available basically to piano players. You know, it was easy to connect an electronic keyboard to these synthesizers, but it, it changed the world because prior to that, with the exception of organ music, you couldn't yeah. press a key and have a note hold forever. 
uh, and right. organs have a very distinct sound. And, and organs, honestly, are a form of additive synthesis themselves. They're just a mechanical synthesizer. Mm-hmm. But being able to have access to this enormous sound palette and whole new expressive capabilities by being able to sustain a note, something as simple as that, changed the way piano players approached playing uh, across all genres. And the same thing for me as a saxophonist, I was able to get access to all of these crazy synth sounds that I've always, you know, I'm a child of the eighties too. And that's always been part of the music and movies that I've watched and suddenly having access to that with saxophone technique, you know, was amazing. Cause I, my, my piano playing is not very good. And, um, (laughs) being able to tap into that with this technique, uh, man, that, that really was so exciting. I also think that, if we're, if we're talking about rules and, um, you know, kind of being open to new ideas, the whole concept of synthesized music is like, we have a framework here. Like I have this synthesizer here with a million knobs on it. And, you know, the, the person who designed the synthesizer had some ideas for what sounds it might make. You know, they thought, well, I can do this kind of thing and get this kind of sound. And I put this, piece of it in here because I want to be able to do this, but it's actually much more kind of open source than that because now that it's mm-hmm. in my hands, the the guy who invented this instrument has no control over what knob I turn when. And so yeah. I think it just opened the door to, you know, oh, well, you may have intended for me to use it this way, but I'm going to use it this way. And suddenly whole new universes of sound are opened up. Uh-huh. 